there is only one thing you need to do. There's only one question that you need to figure out the answer to if you want to grow a business. Hey everybody, it is Dan with the FAQ Show. I am glad to be back with my co-host Sharif and we are changing up the format a bit today. And I, I got to tell you right now on the front end that if you dig this, I ask that you go to Instagram, you go to the posts about this episode, you jump in the comments and you drop a comment about what you liked about the show, what your biggest takeaway was about this episode. And if you can, just kind of throw in the timestamp so we can kind of you know get back to that particular piece of it and we'll, uh, we'll throw a special tree your way. And uh, just before I actually jump into it, I got to tell you, it's been a bit of a weird week for me. So, you know, be warned that this is a bit of a, a raw show. But I also was kind of shocked by some news today that Kobe Bryant had passed away in a helicopter crash. And I just, for whatever your stances in the Lakers or basketball, I mean, Kobe was a guy that changed the game. And my condolences go out to his family. I was kind of shook by that one. But yeah, terrible thing that happened today. But Sharif, man, how are you this week? I'm doing all right. Yeah, that that also, uh, you know, hit me today. And, and obviously, it's all over social media and everything. But for me with that, it, it just really makes you think, you know, you just, you, you look at guys like that or a guy like that who just was so successful and just had an amazing family and just had a lot of things going for him. And, you know, it, it ended too soon. And so we obviously have families and we all have aspirations where things we're doing and we're struggling uh, towards but at the end of the day, you know, you just got to appreciate the health, the life, the family members that you have. And like literally today, turn to somebody and just, you know, that you love and, and tell them that and appreciate them and, you know, do something for them. Bro, and, I love you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take that. I love you too, Dan. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, that, that that's just, that's something that's that hit me today as well. Um, but I know you had kind of just some things on your mind, like you mentioned, and, and I just want to kind of, you know, let you get into that if you want. Yeah, man. So I, I got to tell you, I, I, I had a weird week. All right. I, I had a weird week. I had a, a little bit of a travel schedule and I, I did have an unexpected situation that occurred that actually injected a, a bit of, of unwanted drama into my life that, that happens and we all deal with that stuff. And I also, you know, attended the funeral of my uncle, who is somebody that I, you know, I respected and admired, and uh, it's just a great, great guy, salt of the earth kind of guy. And through both of those things, and uh, also actually attending a pretty moving uh, church service this morning, kind of a lot hit me, you know, really about, you know, who who I am as a person, you know, as you centrally reflect on those things, and you think about a life, you start thinking about who you are as a person, and you start to think about, you know, what is it you know, what is it that I bring to this world, right? You know, I, I was sitting there and at the funeral, watching everybody deal with it a different way, you know, but I look at, at life and funerals as a celebration of that life and a reflection of it. And I really think that it's important that when people of significance to you pass away, you really reflect on that and think about how can I carry that significance forward in my life and, and, and project that value to others and kind of pay it forward in honor of, of that life that has passed. And Absolutely. in doing so, I started to, to ask some questions to myself, like, who am I and, and what, am I, what do I bring to this world and what value do I bring to this world? 
and through that, and that's a, that's a whole other conversation that we can get into that's raw, but on the topic of business, this is, this is something that it made me think about business-wise, and not at the funeral, but just kind of on a long drive that I had through this travel schedule. And I thought about this. We overcomplicate business. Overcomplicate business. I was, I was actually on a phone call with a, with a friend of mine that's growing a startup in the clean energy space, and we started talking about it. And it's like, you know what? We overcomplicate things. People in startups, we overcomplicate it. There's a billion different business books out there. There's MBA programs. There's amazing business schools. There's all of these things out there. And the reality is, like, you don't need an MBA. You don't need to read every single business book out there. You know, you, you don't even need to subscribe to every podcast. This one, right? But, <laughs> you know, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demystify business right here on this episode right now. And this is who this episode is for. If you're sitting here listening to this right now and you've ever thought about starting your own business or you have ever, you know, maybe you've already started and you're kind of struggling or frustrated with trying to figure out how to grow it or scale it, you know, or, or maybe you even scaled and you're kind of a, a bigger company and, and you're trying to just figure out how to increase your margins or, or drop more to the bottom line or, or whatever, you know, this episode's for you. And, and here, here is business demystified. There is only one thing you need to do. There's only one question that you need to, to get answered, to figure out the answer to if you want to grow a successful business. And Sharif, what do you think that question is, man? I'll, before I'll throw a little suspense on that. What do you think that question is, Sharif? So tell me, so say that question one more time. I'm not going to tell you the question. That's what I'm asking of you. So I'm telling you, there's only, oh, there's no, only, I mean. <laughs> there's only one question yeah, that's what that I'm you need to figure out the answer to, to grow a successful business. And this is a universal question. This applies to any industry, any market, any vertical, geography, demographic, doesn't matter. This question is universal and it is the only question that needs to be answered to grow a successful business. That's a, a really big question and I'm hoping I'm going to hit it, but I'm going to say, what results do you want to get for your customer or for your like what result are you trying to achieve in your business? Whatever so business it is. So you're, you're, you're just about spot on, man. If it's not a bullseye, it's, it's questionable, you know, in a, in a, in a game. Of, in I'll, a ta game I'll of, take it. I'll take yeah. it on the board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there you go. Right. But, it, but so you're, you're, you're dancing around a little bit. So, but here's what it is, is it's what value do you provide to somebody else? Right. That's it. What value do you provide? And, and how I define value when I'm making that statement to your point, Sharif, is what is the result that your product or service is giving to somebody else that they feel is more meaningful to them than the money they pay you for it? And that's value, right? Like we, we have this, right? Like you've got that favorite restaurant or that diner that like you feel like the food that you get is more, you know, better tasting or there's just more of it than you feel you pay for, right? You know, and that, that's just, that's that you walk away feeling, man, I love this place because I'm getting my money's worth. I'm getting value out of that, right? So you're, you're happy to do that, you know? And, you know, the, the, the point, one of the best things I've ever heard, and I believe this to be true, is that the number one reason that businesses fail is because they build a product or service that nobody cares about, you know? And we've all seen those, that founder, those co-founders that have this great idea, and they think it's the coolest thing in the world. They're all amped up. They geek out about it. And the only people that it matters to is them, you know, and they can't figure out why they can't grow off that. They can't figure out why no one buys it. 
or any of that stuff. And it's because they fail to answer the question, what value do I provide to somebody else? And here's, here's the deal. The founder can't answer that question. Unless every piece of revenue is going to come out of your pocket, you, you're not allowed to answer that question. You have to ask mm-hmm. the customer. You have to ask a lot of people out there, what problems are you struggling with? And once you find a lot of, a lot of similar problems that you can possibly solve and get an answer to, then, only then can you start thinking about developing a product or service. And the last piece I want to mention on this before I really kind of let you respond with, with some of those questions I know you're writing down, Sharif, is the value doesn't always have to be incredibly significant. It doesn't always have to be huge. You don't always have to be solving a monster problem, right? You know, you just have to be providing more value than what your customer or what somebody else is going to pay you in return for. Okay. So, and, and here's what I mean. I'm going to give a couple of really kind of weird examples and but yeah, I want please. people to understand this is that, you know, we always hear that cliche, Oh, this guy, the pet rock, like you can do anything to build a business. This guy, you know, made, became a millionaire on the pet rock, right? We hear this. Here's the deal. Like does the pet rock actually provide any significant value to anybody? No, not, not, in, not a significant amount, but here's what it does provide humor. You know, people see that and I'm willing to bet more pet rocks were bought just because somebody got a kick out of it or someone bought it as a gift, kind of a gag gift for somebody else. But the reason is, is it it created some humor, some joy, some enjoyment. And that is a very powerful piece of emotional currency, right? That's emotional currency. You made that person feel good. Even, Even if only for a blip, you made them feel good and they were willing to give you money for that feeling or for the feeling that they felt like that little insignificant thing would give to somebody else, right? You know, and, and one of this other thing, and my buddy and I, they're having a business conversation on my, my recent road trip. You know, we talked about influencers and personal brands and everyone's talking about building and growing their personal brand and being the next Gary Vee or the next Grant Cardone or Lewis Howes and all these amazing people that I just, I think they're incredible. Right. You know, but here's the deal. Most people that want to grow their personal brand are coming from it from the aspect of, wow, that looks amazing to do. That looks like they're having a lot of fun and they're making a lot of money. So I'm going to do what they do. I'm going to post a ton of content. I'm going to do this. I'm going to basically make sure I follow this rigid social media schedule. And I'm going to be putting all this stuff out there, you know, and be, you know, getting it all, you know, kind of branded to make sure that my, you know, my Instagram page is on brand and all those things, you know, but the reality is, is the point that they're missing is what is the value that they're actually providing to somebody else? you know, and Gary Vee answers this question, Lewis Howes, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, Grant Cardone, they all answer this question. They all thought about what value can I provide to somebody else? And, you know, when it comes down to it, this is what I want to share with you, what they do. You know, this is, this is the exchange. I'm going to break this down for you right now. This is the exchange of value. When Gary Vee, when he, if you don't know who Gary Vee is, if you don't already follow him and you're kind of looking through your Instagram or your Facebook or Snapchat or, or whatever it is, because he's everywhere, he's you're going to see one of his there. posts. You're going to see him. Exactly. You're exactly right. You're going to see him. You know, and this is what happens. You're going to see one of his posts and maybe you like it and you're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. We don't take any action at all on it. And then you see it again. You're like, oh, I remember that guy. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. You know, it's a tiny little piece. You kind of resonate with it, but you don't do anything. You don't like it. Don't nothing. Right. Third time, you know, Hey, this is pretty cool. I'm going to, I'm going to heart that one. You know, I like that. That's pretty cool. I'm going to like it. You know, then another one comes across, you know, I like that too. It's pretty cool. And you're going to engage by just hitting that like button, you know? And then like after three or four of those, you're going to be like, you know what? I like this guy's content. I'm going to go follow him, right? I want to get it. I want to see more of this stuff, you know? So you go follow him. Then after a while, you start seeing more of his content. You start, you know, feeling like, 
like it aligns, like what he's saying is motivating you. It's, it's building that emotional currency and it's motivating you to take action in some area of your life that you've been wanting to. It's kind of the dormant desire, you know, and he's, 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 he's engaging that, right? So then you're like, you know what, this is really cool. But you see a post and now you share it. Now you, you've basically reciprocated a little bit more value than just liking something. And then maybe you comment on something and then you share something and then you start promoting it. And then like, you know, then maybe you start, you know, attending a workshop that he's putting on, you know, or in Lewis Howes' case, maybe you go to his coaching program that costs just a little bit of an investment in yourself, you know? So, but the point I'm trying to make is all these people are doing is they start to give you kind of this little drip stream of value. Now think about this. Think of an Instagram post of like a penny. You know, they put it out there. It's a penny, not a lot. Not, it's a pretty insignificant value, especially in today's currency, you know, but a hundred pennies makes a dollar. You know, they keep mm -hmm. putting this out there. They keep putting this out there. And that's just like emotional currency over and over and over again. Eventually it's going to add up to a significant piece of value to you that you're going to feel that emotional currency because they delivered value to you in a sense of teaching you a new tip, a new trick, even just motivation, you know, and then you're going to engage, you're going to reciprocate with some value back to them that ends up, you know, creating the snowball effect that ends up being very valuable to them. You know, so those are a couple really kind of intrinsic, you know, examples of the pet rock and the value that creates and then how influencers create this value. So, it doesn't matter if you're going to sell a product or a service or try to build a personal brand or something like that. The real question that you have to ask is, you know, what value do I provide to somebody else and, and have them answer that question, you know, and then figure out, are you really delivering on it? Because that's what a value proposition really is. It's a promise to really look to understand what value do you provide to somebody else and then work every single day to deliver on that thing. And that's it, man. That is business demystified right there one question that you have to ask yourself you know or really ask a bunch of other people and one thing that you need to do every single day and if you just focus on figuring out what value you provide to every single person out there that's your customer and work to deliver it you'll grow a successful business and found so my first question is you said earlier in this that the founder can't or, or the business owner can't necessarily answer that he has to reach out to his customers or to uh, the people that he, that deal that deal with him to get that answer. So, when you're contemplating a business and when you're first starting or or you're first looking at what you're going to do, how do you get that answer? With if you don't have customers yet, you don't have you know how do you how do you get that ahead of time? You go talk to people. That's it. Like you know what if 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 you think that you have an idea that might solve a problem for somebody go find that somebody and say, Hey, is this a problem? Right. And if they're like, yeah, that's a problem. Like, okay, is it a problem that's big enough to be worth solving? Yeah, it is a big enough problem to solve. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it a problem that if there were a solution out there, would you pay to have it solved? Yes, I would. Okay. Thank you. Next somebody. And that's it. And then you wash, rinse, repeat. And if you talk to a whole lot of somebody's and a whole lot of somebody's validate that they've got that problem, and that problem's worth solving, and they would pay to solve that problem. That's it. That's how and you, you think out. you have the expertise to solve it. I, I would go one step further and say, if you found those people that say, "Yeah, that's a problem I have. I, I, I pay to solve it," then if it's within your means and it's not going to be a, it's it's your time and your energy. I would say solve it for that person. Take that right. step and go and do that for free for them or, or in, in some way, not looking to get paid, not looking to see that return right away and prove that you have the ability to add that value and deliver that uh, result. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's not a, that's not a bad idea to go beta test your concept, you know, and be create that proof of concept for sure. You know, it's an important step on that journey. You can do that, you know, but, but one thing I also encourage people to do is don't discount the value that you provide, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times, you know, the value that people place on your product or service is directly, you know, directly correlates with the price that you charge for it. You know, it's just like if you go on to a car lot, let's say you go to a Lamborghini dealership and you look at all these Lamborghinis that are $250,000 and then there's one at the end that's selling for like 15 grand. Like, like what's the first question that it's going to go on in your mind? Does it have a motor? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this car? You know, and it's so, just the chassis. Yeah. You know, and, and that, actually that would still be a good deal. though. <laughs> it, it would be, you know, but it's like, it's, but that's the thing, you know, it's like you, you have to, you have to make sure that the price of your product or service, you know, is relative to the value that you're providing, mm-hmm. you know? So, so don't, so don't think it's, it's not a terrible idea to, to give something away for free the, for the first couple of times for proof of early, concept. early on. Yeah. I'm talking you know? like the first time, you know, first couple of times for sure. But you know, but once you realize you can solve that problem for somebody, understand the value that you're providing and price yourself accordingly, you know, and, and that's, that's business demystified. You know, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's some other, you know, technical steps of, of business formation and that kind of stuff that you, you have to do. And there's processes that you can build. But let me tell you what, most people get ahead of themselves trying to figure all of that stuff out, you know, trying to figure out the investment piece, trying to figure out the business development processes, the operational SOPs that they need to put in place to back off the stuff. They just get so down in the weeds with trying to build this huge enterprise and they, they step over that first question. And the only question that really matters is what value are you providing to somebody else? Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's, that's how money is made. You know, I, I was recently teaching my, my children about how to make money, you know, they're, cause they're like, dad, like, what do you do? How do you make money? You that's know? Awesome. And and I'm like, listen, let me just tell you the fundamental thing for making money. There's only, there's only one way to make money. And that is to do something of value to somebody else, whether it be a product or service. That's it. If you do something of value for somebody else, they will likely compensate you for it in return. And that's how money is made. You know, it's as simple as that. And it's like, we just, we get so caught up in trying to overcomplicate things because we want to sound fancy or important or have some novel spin to seem more relevant than the, than the foundation. But Reality so is, you, yeah. So how do you, how, when you say overcomplicate, I agree with you a hundred percent that pretty much every entrepreneur does that. But give me an example, maybe in your life, um, in your businesses, some some things that you've noticed that maybe are overcomplicated right now, or or you at one time overcomplicated them and then figured that out. I think I think that would be valuable. Absolutely, man. I'm so glad you asked. This is the raw, <laughs> this is the raw me right here. So spin gig, man. I love this. I got such a passion for this business here. Right. But when we built this thing out, when we, when we paid the, the, you know, developers to, to build this thing, we overbuilt the platform. We overcomplicated it. So we, mm. we thought we understood the value that we actually provided to the restaurants, and we added so many of these universal skill tags that our whole algorithm is predicated on, you know, that we were looking for, you know, we had sommelier in there, you know, and let me tell you what, in, in the time that we've been doing business, not once, not one time has we, have we ever had a customer tell us that they've struggled to find a sommelier, 
Right. And just for, for people who don't know what that is, say uh, a wine connoisseur at a restaurant who knows all the details just uh, and actually has to go through a huge amount of training and schooling. And then only there, there's only a few granted every year, the, the, the name tag of uh, sommelier. Uh, so anyways, carry on. You're exactly right, man. And, and but, th- but that's the thing right there. It's like, Having that ability, like having that in our platform offers no value to anybody, you know, just, just because of who we are in the marketplace is not like, they don't need to use a platform like this to find work. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, like that is a situation where we, we overbuilt it. We overcomplicated it. We thought we could solve every little problem. But the reality is, is we were trying to solve problems that didn't exist because we were trying to be everything, everyone, you know, and that's a form of overcomplicating it you know? Mm-hmm. And when you start, you know, I, I love the, there's a, there's a cool book out there that's called built to sell. Right. You know, and it talks about the whole premise is how do you build your organization in order for it to be sold, right. To be able to sell your business. And it's got some cool ideas in there and certainly some fundamental things, but for the what, the pieces you need to put in place to, 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 to capture more value or to make sure your business is more valuable when, when things are sold. Right. But here's the thing, like, you can get ahead of yourself trying to set all those pieces in place and forget to deliver on that one question, you know, of what value do you provide? And here's the thing. If you master delivering that value to a customer base, you won't have to sell your businesses because the best businesses aren't sold. They're bought. You know, the best position you can put yourself in is to basically be so good at delivering a specific value to somebody that someone else says, holy cow, I want to buy that company. And if they approach you, to buy your company, you're going to do a whole lot better off if you approach them to sell it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the next logical kind of question in this topic, but honestly, I mean, I think you've, you've covered it. You know, we're not going to, we don't have to overcomplicate this. I mean, it really is just kind of you know, what value do do you provide? And then what's the end result um, that you're going to give your, your customer? That's it. And, and that's where I said, you, you know, you, you kind of were right on the fringe of it because it's the value is what is the result that your customer is going to get from your product or service, right? Because like nobody buys a thing. No one buys a product or service. They buy what your product or service does for them. So you have to understand what is that result that they're going to get out of it. And that result has to be worth more than they pay you for it. That's where value is created. If they feel like they're overpaying for your service, eventually someone's going to undercut you and you're going to lose that customer. But if they feel like they're truly like just like underpaying a little bit, if the value they get out of it and those results is worth more to them than what they're paying for you, they're going to be a loyal customer for life. And you just have to understand that, you know, and I'll tell you two, two last things that I, I want to close that, you know, you said there's no logical next question, but I want to kind of, you know, back into just that I had <laughs> where the, where this kind of, where this culminated for me on this drive. So again, kind of strange week for me and, you know, sitting through the, the funeral, I was listening to my family members and friends of my uncle, just, just tell the story of his life that were, was amazing. Things I didn't know about him. That was just amazing. Like this guy didn't do anything halfway. Like he was just a regular dude, salt of the earth kind of guy never did anything halfway, right? Like he, his main focus in his life was his family and friends. And if any of his family and friends ever reached out to him and said, Hey, I could use your help with something. Like he was there no matter what. If like you needed a place to stay, he would open his house. You know, if you needed to, 
to work on your car, he would open up his garage and he would show you how to work on stuff. Right. And this guy was a, you know, he went into the air force and was an, you know, an aviation mechanic, you know, and after that he went to work for Taylor wine company and kind of helped them automate their production line and scale the level of production based on the, you know, the systems that he was able to build. And he retired from that company and went on to live a, a life of adventure and travel with his, his wife, my aunt. And, wow. you know, and was just a, an amazing guy. And when I say that he didn't do anything halfway, like, this guy was mechanically inclined and he loved to tinker, loved to work on vehicles. And in his garage, it was a full scale automotive garage with a lift and the whole nine. And it was amazing, you know? And then like he was into motorcycles, but he wasn't just into motorcycles. He made it a point to, to go to Daytona bike week and, and, and go out to Sturgis and stuff. And like, you know, he loved to travel, you know, but he had like this, just a great RV that he would go and really go live in places and experience them. And he just, he didn't do anything halfway. You know, he, he was very deliberate about the things that he wanted to pour himself into and he did it all the way 100%. And I, I think that when I, when I started thinking about that and reflecting on that, I was just thinking about, you know, he, because he didn't do anything halfway, he delivered more value to the people in his life. You know, his family and his friends received more value out of that and that relationship because he was there. And it just, it made me reflect on my own life and think, you know, maybe, maybe I'm doing too many things, or maybe I'm doing things too fast, or, you know, maybe I'm trying to accomplish too much. And maybe there's areas of my life that I'm only giving 80% to that I either need to figure out how to do either 100% or 0%, you know, and, and kind of trying to focus on less, but better, maybe, you know, and, and in that mindset, you know, that that funeral was yesterday. And this morning, I attended a church service. And the pastor was someone I've not, I've not heard speak before. And he delivered a pretty, pretty cool sermon, but it culminated with the concept of, uh, you know, predicating on like, how do you, how do you truth, you know, is kind of the concept, meaning like, how do you actually project truth of, of value? And, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, this uh, sort of this litmus test or this guidelines when it comes to actually speaking that would derive value, you know, and the first question that you should ask yourself is, is this truthful? You know, are you actually saying something that's factually accurate that, you know, portrays reality as it is right now, right? Is it, is it truthful, right? And then the second thing is, is it helpful? You know, I was like, that's interesting, you know, because sometimes you can say the truth, but it really is of insignificance, you know? And, mm -hmm. and he's like, is it helpful? You're like, every time you engage with somebody, you're either helping them grow or you're not, you know? So if you're thinking about like what you say should help them grow. And if, it, if it's not helpful, if it doesn't help them grow, it's not worth saying, you know, and it goes back to, you're not really delivering value to that person. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I just love that, you know, and any, any, you know, kind of came back to the thing, like, you know, is it necessary? You know, is it really necessary that you say this, you know? And I love that because there's a lot of times that people will say things that is really not necessary. You know, it's like, there's really no value in that, right? If it's necessary, it has value. If it's unnecessary, it has no value. Right. So I just, I liked those three particular points that he mentioned that kind of say, hey, if I'm going to present a piece of content or I'm going to inject an opinion into a conversation, it did not matter if they pass those three things, it's going to be authentic and it's going to be valuable to somebody receiving it. And then you're going to basically transfer that value, you know, and I just, I loved those things. And it's like, you know, in order to, to do that, in order to speak more truth and speak, you know, things that are, you know, helpful and speak things that are necessary, you're going to have to speak less, but better, you know, and, 
the, the last thing that I loved is he said, you know, people are, are either they're happy to see you enter the room or they're happy to see you leave the room. And it's up to you to deliver who you're going to be. And I just, uh, I like that. And it comes down to the value that you provide. And those two little lessons about like what, what I recognized in my uncle's life and the value that he provided to people, those around him, you know, and then, and the message that came through the, the service this morning, I think that it's all about being deliberate in the value that you provide. And I, I just love that. And that's kind of where this all came from. And I was just burning on it today. And I wanted to share it in sort of a, a raw way with you, man. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm not going to add to it in any way. I think I'm just going to leave it there. I want to just kind of ruminate on that last piece. There was, there was a lot there, but I, I took a lot from it. So uh, there was value. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, listen, if, if you're listening to this episode and you made it this far, thank you for listening to me kind of soapbox and, and rant a little bit. Um, I needed to, to kind of clear that. And if you got anything out of this, if there was something that you loved about this episode or really, really appreciated about it, or any piece of value that you feel you got out of it, you know, do me a favor and go to the Instagram post that we have for this episode and just drop it in the comments. You know, say, say, Dan and Sharif, you know, I love this or Dan and Sharif, this was great or Dan and Sharif, I took this away from your, your show and, and this is how it's going to help me. You know, and if, if you can, if you can think about it and just kind of tag the, the timestamp in the show so we can kind of go back and, and, uh, and check that piece out to see specifically why it was valuable to you, we'd, uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. That'd mean a lot to us. Awesome. Well, um, I think we can just leave it there. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Dan. I hope uh, this coming week is uh, better for you. We're going to be together here in uh, Nashville. I am excited about that, man. And I am actually looking forward to doing some, uh, some live in-person recording of the FAQ show with you live from Nashville. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Awesome, brother.